do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. Uh, this is episode number 361, the big 361. And uh, what is Zen Parenting Radio, you may ask? It is a podcast that we do every week, and it will help you to feel outstanding. And always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, extending love to yourself and to the world. Today's Valentine's Day, you know. Today is Valentine's Day, which is uh, a day that I used to think was always the second Tuesday of February. Mm, I I learned that about three years ago. I'm glad we figured that out in time. Turns out it's February 14th. Correct. I don't know why. I thought it was the second Tuesday of February. I thought it was like... You're uh, mixing it up with Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like, is there any other holidays that are like the like the fourth Thursday or this or is is Thanksgiving the only one? Everything else know. is the date. Pretty much, except I'm sure like presidents' birthdays and stuff, so they can be on that Monday get changed. Right, and- but the celebration. Yeah, I guess that's true. Presidents' birthdays. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, um, and um, we're also going to have we're going to talk about parenting on this parenting podcast mm-hmm. about um, you know some learn teachable moments, learning about ourselves. Uh, through our daughter's um, ability to get along and maybe sometimes not get along so great. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Sure. Okay. So uh, let's just jump right in. Do you want me to start or do you want to start? I want to start about the conference because it's in two weeks. It's less than two weeks. Less than two weeks, everybody. Less. Less than two weeks. So here's the deal. If um, Here's the dealio. Here's the dealio. We already sent an email to everybody who's coming. We've got an amazing crew of people, and we can't wait to see you. And thanks to all the Zen friends, and everything is like, you should see our basement right now. We have boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff, and we're so ready. If you are like, okay, now I know I can come, you can still register. Just go to uh, zenparentingradio.com, click on events, and it's right there. Or you can go to zengetsreal.com. Um, if you are an educator or a social worker or someone who works in the schools, please contact me at kathy at zenparentingradio.com because we have a very special discount for you. Um, and I think that is it. Um, we have a Zen friend. One a new Zen, one? Yes. And one Zen, a Zen friend is somebody who decides to contribute to this fund, which allows us to uh, get people who don't have the financial resources to come to the conference. So it's just a way of giving back. And uh, this week's Zen friend is Krista Davis, who Thank I you. think used to be on Sex in the City. No, that's that's Kristen. So a lady from Sex and the City will be at the conference. No, that's that's made up. Oh, we're, we're going to focus on truth because oh. truth is very important. I'm in just this speaking the truth. Well, truth is truth. I'm tired of truth being questioned. Truth is truth, right, Todd? That's right. That's exactly right. So, anyways, come to the conference. We'd love to see you. We got more space, and it's going to be an amazing two days. It sure is. So, do you want to jump so, in, or do you want me to? Well, so Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy, happy. We love you. Um, I want to say um, about Valentine's Day. A lot of us look at it from a romantic perspective, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's a it's great to be able to um, celebrate our romantic relationships. But in my life experience, I've always seen Valentine's Day as just a time to focus on love in all aspects of our lives. When I was young, my dad always made a big deal out of Valentine's Day, and we always got little gifts, and so I always felt like it was more of a family thing. And um, when I was in college and 
post-college in my 20s when I wasn't dating anybody. My, our, my friends and I would always do something to celebrate each other. And so for those of you who um, are in romantic partnerships or married or, you know, whatever, obviously celebrate that. But for those of you who uh, may not be or single parents, uh, be with the ones you love. And if you can't be with them that day, um, send them messages of love. You know, don't wait and sit and say, nobody's loving me. (laughs) You know, put your love out there into the world. And um, I used to do, I used to write cards. Do you remember getting cards for me in our 20s? I think I still have some saved. I know. So this is when Todd and I even weren't together. I would write Valentine's Day cards to people I loved and cared about and send them out. And that's kind of the way I felt good about the day. I think it's interesting that um, in your 20s, when you girls weren't dating anybody, you'd kind of take care of each other, of course. which I think is honorable and lovely. Um, safe to say in my 20s, uh, when me and my buddies weren't dating anybody, we wouldn't uh, give each other cards or anything like that. <laughs> you wouldn't recognize the day for what it is? No, like it totally, when you're, when you're a guy and you're single and you're 24, who cares? Well, and- and you can say who cares, and that was your experience, but everyone cares, meaning that if you really reframe the way that I, I you, didn't care. Sweetie. Well, you didn't at the time. I, I, I love the people that were in my life, but I did, could care less. Is it could could care less or could not care less? Uh, I could, could not care less. That means I could care more. Yes. So I could care less. Yeah. Whatever, Russ. Whatever. We get your, your you gist. Get, you get my gist? But here's the thing is that's why I want to reframe Valentine's Day because the, you guys were looking through it um, the lens of, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to get gifts for someone or show up for somebody or I'm so glad I don't have to like be bogged down with this holiday. Mm-hmm. And when we like reframe it, t- turn it inside out, and it's just about caring about people in our lives that we love um, – it's really a lovely day. Yeah. And and nothing it's not about that we have to give great gifts. Like Todd and I I, I didn't get you anything for Valentine's Day. Did you get me anything besides our dinner? We're going to dinner. Right. So we don't do the whole like if you don't show up with something nice for me, then that means you don't love me thing. Mm-hmm. Um we kind of go by the let's try let's make a point to every day show each other we love each other so one day doesn't happen. Every to day be. is a mini Valentine's Day in the Adams household. <laughs> You, I love you. You want to know what else I love? What? Brick, are you just looking at things in the office and saying that you love them? I love lamp. Do you really love the lamp, or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamp. He loves lamp. Just wish your lamp happy Valentine's Day. That's right. Even the lamp needs love. Even the lamp needs love. I was talking to a spider in the shower the other day and Skylar came in and she was like, who are you talking to? Mm -hmm. I'm like, there's a spider in here. Did you see him? Uh, No, I saw no spider. Okay. Well, he was hanging out, literally hanging from the ceiling. So we were having a little conversation and I just was like, what are you doing? You know, he's up to something. What do you think he's doing? Um, Spinning webs to catch flies (laughs) that aren't in the house. Like somebody should send a memo to the spider saying, dude, no flies in here. No flies. What are you doing? You know, he might be like eating the mold or something. No, then that's a good thing. That's what I mean. That's I, I just think it. there's a reason. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, Valentine's Day. So let's focus on love in this way. Let's talk about um, what ways we can love ourselves and what ways we can love the world. And I was kind of thinking about this this morning as I woke up and um, I saw this quote and I was like, that's it. Okay. Number one how to enjoy your Valentine's Day thinking this way. Do you make the world more kind with your presence? Mm. How about that statement? I do my best. But don't you think that's like the perfect 
question to cut through the, but I'm right, but you're wrong, but I'm right, but you're wrong. Because I don't care if you're right or wrong right now. Are you making the world more kind with your presence? Um, I think I am. Well, and I'm not really asking you specifically, Todd, unless you would like to answer. I'm not I'm answering. Okay, go, go, go. Yeah, I think I am. <laughs> that's my answer. <laughs> I I guess that's just the question for Are you going to be a giver or a taker? Yes, and when you are like on social media or when you are walking down the street or when you are in a classroom or when you are, you know, talking to a family member – are you making the world a kinder place with your presence? Or are you like, I'm right, you suck. I'm right, you're wrong. Let me show you how I know more than you. Let me show you why I'm better than you. And you may not saying those be saying those words verbatim, but that's the tone yeah. and the expression that you are relaying to people. Right. And I think a way to cut through all of that and like uh, kind of take our ego down or like get, keep our ego in check is, am I making the world a kinder place with my presence? And, the, and in no way does it say I do everything perfectly or I say all the right things or, I mean, you know what a great example was last night? I absolutely love this because the Grammys were on last night. So much beauty in the Grammys. But for me, the best part was when Adele decided to restart Should we her- play some of it? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to talk about Beyonce. When Adele decided to restart her George Michael, um, you know, tribute, because, yeah. you know, it's interesting because I had the remote control and I kind of started like rewinding, fast forwarding, and Todd's like, "Oh, that he said to me that oh, is that embarrassing? You didn't say he's embarrassing. You're like, you're like, you're gonna, watch. you're gonna fast forward through that, yeah. aren't you?" And I said, "Actually, I'm not embarrassed for her at all. Mm -hmm. I think she's making the right choice. She didn't stop because she was in an ego place." She stopped because she was like, George Michael means a lot to me. Right. And I am going to do this right for him. And there, and if she would have been in an ego place, did you even notice that she messed up? I didn't. No, but I'd, I don't have an ear for that. She, you know, you're your world, your you're own. your own worst critic. Correct. And if, unless it was perfect, she wasn't happy. And well, no, I don't think it unless needed it to be Unless it was close to perfect. Yeah. It needed to be a... The way Meaningful. That, that he deserved yes. to be, you know, to be recognized because he's an amazing artist and she got this opportunity and she wanted to do it right. And I felt like that was a good example of there's no, you know, she didn't do it perfect. By definition, she stopped and said, I'm starting over. Yeah. And I think there's huge lessons in that for all of us. That here's Adele, who basically every album she's put out in the last however many years wins best song, best album, everybody buys it. She sells more than anybody. And she's willing to say, yeah, stop. I messed up. Well, not only that, um, my five second lecture to the girls was everybody screws up. Yes. And we all try to be perfect. And sometimes progress uh, gets in the way because we're trying to be perfect. Right. So my lesson to myself and to my daughters and to you and to anybody else is just know that just try your best. And authenticity is lost. Yeah. Because the reason people love Adele, and I, you know, you may love her or may not. I, I don't know what your musical tastes are, everybody who's listening, but the reason she is well loved, I'll say that, is because she's herself. And she shows up as herself and she talks like herself and she lives her life and she doesn't need to do all the social media and all she just does her thing. Right. And there's an appreciation for not putting on. Right. And 
that's why people love her. And in those moments, she demonstrates that and she shares that authenticity and gives people permission to be do the same. Right. To me, that's an example of are you making the world kinder? Because if you are allowing yourself to be seen, then other people can see themselves. And you were just going to play what she said to Beyonce because this is important too. Yes. And I will say... Tonight winning this kind of feels full, full circle and like a bit of me has come back to myself, but I can't possibly accept this award. And I'm very humbled and I'm very grateful and gracious, but my artist of my life is Beyonce and this album for me, the Lemonade album was just so monumental, Beyonce. It was so monumental and so well thought out and so beautiful and soul-bearing and we all got to see another side to you that you don't always let us see and we appreciate that and all us artists here we f***ing adore you you are our light and the way that you make me and my friends feel the way you make my black friends feel is empowering and you make them stand up for themselves and i love you i always have and i always will grammys i appreciate it the academy I good enough right so a few things that she says. First of all, I posted today, thank you because I love when women raise up other women yeah. and because we don't see it enough. Right. Um, and I know women are doing it everywhere. I'm not saying it's not happening. It is happening, but we don't see it enough. Right. And so we, we need ourselves reflected in the media. And that was an op- that was a time when a woman is saying to another woman, you you are the one yeah. that raises me up while she's standing there winning the the, the, the highest that level she beat Grammy. out Beyonce <laughs> exactly and she's saying you are the one that raises us up and I love you and so women helping women or, or not even helping women raising up other women and then the other thing she said is you let us see a side of you that we don't normally see and for that we thank you and that's exactly what Adele did when she stopped the song. Yeah. You let us see another side of you so we don't view you as perfection and then somehow try and. Put our... Emulate that perfection exactly. and then you don't do anything because you realize you can't be as perfect as Adele or Beyonce or the model on the magazine right. or whatever. Which is false. Yeah. It's like that's a false, you know, representation. talk about truth. Um, that's a false representation of what's possible. Mm-hmm. And to be able to see ourselves, and it's okay to like look at artists and see them perform amazingly and we can't do, exa- you know, I'm, I not a lot of people can do what Bruno Mars does, you know, but I can <laughs> except you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to look at him and to be, you know, be filled with what our own uh, gifts are is great. But then also to look at the people that we respect and adore and say they're regular people at the exact same time. Right. Um, so that is the first one. OK, you ready? Ready. How many are there? Um, There's several, but I'm going to try and go to the ones that relate to our conversation with parenting. Got it. So the next one is, do you jump into someone else's shoes occasionally? Which by definition can be empathy. Mm -hmm. Um, Or it can be, uh, you know, on a more like everyday level instead of just looking at it through the, you know, the lens of empathy. Do you think about how another person is experiencing you? Right. And how your what you do, how that affects another person. And so there was a story this weekend that you wanted to tell. Um, Before uh, I do that, I just pulled up, I always think of uh, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird whenever you talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I found the scene where Atticus is talking to Scout. You want to hear it? Sure. Atticus, I'm not going back to school anymore. Ah, Scout, it's just the first day. I don't care. Everything went wrong. 
teacher that mad as a devil at me and said you were teaching me to read all wrong and to stop it. Then acted like a fool and tried to give Walter Cunningham a quarter when everybody knows Cunningham's won't take nothing from nobody. Any fool could have told her that. Well, maybe she's just nervous after all. It's her first day, too, teaching school and being new here. Now, wait a minute. Just learn a single trick, Scout. You get along a lot better with all kinds of folks. You never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view. Sir? Till you climb inside of his skin, walk around in it. But if I keep going to school, we can't ever read anymore. You know what a compromise is? Been in the law? Uh, no. It's an agreement reached by mutual consent. Now, here's the way it works. You can see the necessity of going to school keep right on reading the same every night, just as we always have. That's good. Is that a bargain? All right, thanks, Atticus. Uh, so rewind to yesterday, because I do feel like this relates. You want to talk about Atticus first before we get into yesterday? Well, just the, you know, that quote, we never really know someone, a man or woman, until we walk around in their shoes and put their skin on a mm. little bit. Like, what is their experience? And this, again, by definition, is empathy. Um, and this is also um, kindness. And this is also wisdom. Like, you know, that word, I feel like it's been missing from our conversations lately right. on the grand scale, you know, on the in our political climate. Yeah. And where's the wisdom? Yeah. You know, wh what do we know? And what are our, these universal truths that we're forgetting? Right. We're arguing about this minutia. Right. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. So yesterday, uh, we have three daughters, as most people know, and, you know, d siblings argue. And yesterday was no exception. Um, usually they're, they get along pretty well. But yesterday we had a little bit of a pickle, as I would like to call it. And the deal was one wanted to borrow a purse from the other. And um, the one who owns the purse didn't want to give it to the one who wanted the purse. So they made kind of a deal. And the, the, old, the one said, I'll tell you what, if you decide to go buy your own purse today, I'll let you have it today. And that way I know that I won't have to loan it to you anymore, mm -hmm. okay? So I, being put on my problem-solving cap, and I said, well, all right, so this is what we should do. Um, do you have money to buy a purse? No. Okay, well, I will loan you money if you decide to buy a purse. And she's like, well, we, I don't know if we'll have time because we're going shopping and mom will, might not have enough time to stop at a different store. I said, ask mom for a commitment saying, would it be possible for us to stop in and get a purse? And then that way you get the purse today, and then you're going to get five bucks from me. I think she said it cost five bucks. You get five bucks from me that you'll work off, whether it be unloading the dishwasher or whatever. And then everybody's happy. And I kind of wipe my hands clean thinking that everything was good. So then I read my book and then you guys were upstairs. And then I heard a lot of conversation between you and the one who wanted the purse and discussion ensued. 
So how do we want to set this so up? So basically, she just came in and said, I'm frustrated. And I said, why? And she said, because I want to borrow this purse. And she's not letting me. Right. You know, her older sister's not letting me. And I, you know, and again, I didn't get into all the things that you talked to them about with buying stuff. And I said, well, here's the deal. I would love it if she would share the purse with you. So in no way am I trying to defend her choice to just withhold. I said, but at the same time, honey, um, in the last couple of years, you and I have been having really deep talks about the fact that if you choose to not share, which you have several times, yes. that when you make that choice, there is a consequence. There is a, you know, Newton's third law. There is a consequence right on the other side, yeah. you know, where if you do that, then that There's will be- There's an opposite and equal an reaction. equal reaction. The exact same thing will happen to you. Maybe not in that moment, and it doesn't have to be super mystical. Also known as what goes around comes around. Exactly. This is universal principle. And again, it, it doesn't always show up in the way we think it's going to. It's yeah. not always like cut and dry, black and white, logical. It just shows up. And so I said, so over the last couple of years, there's been many things that your sister has wanted to borrow from you and you've said no. And I have supported you in that decision and at the same time told you, I want you to understand there's a consequence to this choice. Mm -hmm. And you have heard me and said, yes, yes, yes. And now you are confronting one of the consequences. And she said something to the effect of, how can you defend her? Correct. And she said, how can you defend her? Because she said, I don't remember ever doing that. Meaning she didn't remember ever saying no. Now, I could then be her um, her memory mm -hmm. because she may be being honest. I'm not going to sit there and go, no, you're lying. Yeah. She's, you know, things change a lot over the course of two years. Plus, you know? we know memory isn't a real good indicator of what happened. Correct. Correct. We remember things that were important to us in yes, the moment, exactly. not everything that actually happened. So I said to her, I said, well, this is where I can be your memory because I was present for those times and you did make those choices and you and I did have long did discussions. Did you cite examples um, or did yeah, you just speak absolutely. in generalities? No, I cite examples. One that was really difficult for my older daughter was um, a, a skirt that she wanted to borrow mm -hmm. and this daughter said no and I had to like go back and forth to each of their bedrooms and kind of calm that situation down oh, yeah. and, and hear both of them. See, here's the thing. Once... You know, so I was her memory, and then she did say, "Why are you defending her from keeping this from me?" And I said, "I'm actually not defending her at all. I'm actually trying to support you in understanding why things happen, because I could go in there and force her to do something, but that doesn't keep this from happening again. Right. Nor do I really believe it's my place to tell her what to do with her stuff." She needs to kind of figure out, because I said, now what she's doing is making a choice to do what you did, mm -hmm. and then you will do it back to her, and you guys have created your own vicious cycle. Right. So I want to demonstrate to you, or at least explain to you, that you can stop this right now by accepting what she's saying, and then the next time she asks to borrow something, you say yes. Yeah. And she looked at me like I was telling her to like give someone $100. Right. Like She was like, how is that possible? Possible. But that is what. How again, is that possible? Or why? Why in the world would I want to do that? Both. Or, yeah. Like how? How? She's she's hurting me right now. Why, why would, would I, I want to give to her? Right. And these are so everybody listening right now. Let's stop for a second, and you'll say, Kathy, this is about a purse. This isn't important. It's not about a purse. This is about how we see the world and how we understand how we affect other people. Can you now, in this situation that you're in, feel how she felt when you were on? 
able or unwilling, uh, willing, that's a better word, to uh, let her wear your skirt because you just didn't want to. Mm-hmm. You know how kids are like, I just don't want They're to. They're possessive. Yeah, this is my thing. Now, at the same time, I've said to both, all three of my girls, if there are things that mean a ton to you, like let's just use an easy example. Uh, My youngest daughter has a bear that's her absolute love of her life. I would never be like, you should let other people borrow that. Like that's her thing. Yeah. Mr. Bear. That's Mr. Bear. And and I would never – or like an outfit that she just got that she's excited about. I'm not saying you have to constantly give your stuff to other people. What I'm saying is that in life – you either share and then people share with you or you withhold and in with in that withholding you are cutting off that ability that reciprocity to share well and one one thing i want to say is that uh there's a part of me that wanted to say are you going to use the purse today and if she would have said no then say just let her use the stupid purse and i think a lot of times that's what we parents do why because it's the path of least resistance mm-hmm. it will it will solve the problem in the moment in the moment but it is going to to your point it's just going to come back again and again well and then you just pitted them against each other right you just made you solve the problem for you yes because you're tired of hearing about it but you didn't create any kind of agreement between the two of them now here's the thing this daughter heard me. Um, she wasn't super happy about it, but I think she heard me enough to not leave sad. She left kind of frustrated. She didn't get what she wanted. And then the other daughter, my mm-hmm. older daughter, was listening. Yeah. And she came in the bathroom then and she said, do you understand why I'm not sharing? And I said, I absolutely do. But then do you understand that you're you're continuing this cycle? I said, you don't have to let her borrow the purse, but I want you to understand that you are now doing to her what she did to you and neither of you are getting anything And all we're saying it. is, Somebody's got to make a shift. Somebody's got to make a shift. And, she's, and it's really hard for, you know, uh, teenage or about to be sure teenage people to make shifts. And here's the thing, though. That's when we practice. Like, we don't raise children and teach them to be harsh to each other and then demand that they give things to each other and demand and demand and demand and then say, okay, now be a really sharing, caring adult. Right. It doesn't work that way. It starts now. You have to practice. And I don't always have time for these in-depth discussions, but yesterday we did. Yeah. Like there are times when things just have to be like, she's not letting you use it. Okay. We got to just end that story right now because we're walking out the door or- We don't always have time. It's not a perfection, but it was Sunday. We had a little time. time. And then this is, you know, I always applaud you or honor the way that you choose to parent because the different, it's, it's subtle differences, but it's, do you want to do this? Um, do you want to nip this in the bud and put a bandaid over this problem, put a bandaid over the bullet hole, Mm -hmm. or do you want to, you know, perform surgery? This isn't probably the best metaphor, but are you going to get to the root of the problem problem. or are you just going to get through it? And what you're saying is there are times when I can't get to the root of the problem. Correct. And that's a thing. But most of the time, you set aside your own personal agenda for the morning. Maybe you're reading. Maybe you're meditating. Maybe you wanted to have five minutes to yourself that well, you didn't I have. I was blow drying my hair. And because I had to stop, I ended up just putting it in a ponytail before right. we left because we did have to be out the door. So this that's small beans. Right. I'm not worried about it. But it does. I did it have takes to a sacrifice. stop my, what I was doing. Yeah. And, and say, listen, and turn around and look at them and not try. I'm not trying to win either. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to win. Yeah. Like you guys are both arguing with each other, so I'm not going to win a thing. Yeah. What I am trying to be is that middle person who says, have you walked in her shoes? Yeah. And then I turn to the other one and say, have you walked in her shoes? And then now you decide. Yeah. 
And it would have been so easy to, uh, sh- you know, you could have said, no, I can't give you the purse because this one isn't, doesn't feel like sharing. You could have very, very easily, because the other one was listening, wasn't yes, in the room. she was sitting outside. She was listening uh-huh. every word. And it would have been easy for you to shame her of course. indirectly and make her feel either guilty and not want to give the give up the purse or begrudgingly give up the purse because you just made her feel guilty and you didn't do any, but now you did say, I'm going to have a conversation with her afterwards. She came in right when Yeah, you didn't have to walk into a room. She walked into yours. She walked in and I still couldn't continue to blow dry. The conversation went on and I said, (laughs) and she said, do you want, she looked at me, she goes, you understand why I'm not sharing with her, right? And I said, I do understand, but I also know you still have a choice here. You could, like I understand why you don't want to, but I'm not necessarily agreeing that you're making the right choice in the big picture. So I'm out of it, meaning my emotions, if you don't share it, I'm going to still walk out the door. Mm -hmm. If you do share it, I'm still walking out the door. Now, here's why it wasn't that hard for me is because two nights before this younger daughter had asked her to give her her peppermint patty. Another, you know, dumb story. Yeah. But she said, can I have your peppermint patty? And my my older daughter was like, I don't know. I don't know. And I said to my older daughter, you're just holding power right now, you know, because yeah. you have a million of them and it's right. not a big deal. And I and I call her out not to guilt her, but to kind of make a joke out of it, like holding power. Yeah. And she kind of laughed. And I didn't, that was it. And the next morning- How would you I, define holding power? Because I know that it's, it's ABC, one, two, three to you, but right. can you help- what does that mean, holding, holding power? Holding power right now means that you have something she wants mm-hmm. and you are going to hold out and not give it to her and make her squirm to make yourself feel strong. And even though, to your point, she had 20 peppermint right. patties. Right. So it's not like, it's really a sacrifice. It is, to your point, it is- Holding power. Just hanging on and manipulating or, yeah, just being above that person. And to your point, Todd, this is what teens do. This is why sometimes teen relationships are difficult um, or preteen or, you know, middle school and high school because there is that kind of, I'm playing with my power. Yeah. That's what you do. You do that in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s right. too, but you become more mature, Brand you new. hope. Right. But when you're in your teens, you're like, oh, I have power. I'm yeah. going to hold this and see what I can do with it. We do it in social situations. So I'm not looking at them saying, how dare you hold your power? I'm saying, I see what you're doing. You're and holding I'm gonna up a mirror out. to her. Exactly. Like, I'm not going to tell you to give her the peppermint patty, and but you are holding power. That's the subtle difference. You're holding a mirror right. without shame right. or judgment, which is really hard. Right. Really hard if you can do that. If I'm out of it emotionally and I'm not looking for a specific outcome to demonstrate what a great parent I am, then it has nothing to do with me. Well, and it also goes to the point where this, you know, there's an element of self-care in there. Because if you would have had a bad night's sleep and had 42 things to do that day. My reaction would have been different. Your reaction would have been different. And that's what we try to do. We're not perfect, but we try to stay as consistent as we can and to create this space. And it's so funny, like this is a wonderful example of two different parenting styles because I tried to nip it in the bud. I didn't make anybody feel bad. I tried to put on my Sherlock Holmes hat. Well, you literally tried to, you use the right language, you problem solved it. Yes. Instead of getting emotional about right. what's happening, right. why are you guys making these choices? You said, I'll solve the problem. So level one, I know there's no levels, but I'm going to use it. Anyway. Level one is force her to share the purse. Yell, be mad, force Yell, be mad. Mm-hmm. Level two is to try to, you know, um, solve the problem with a lightheartedness, which I did. Like I wasn't yeah, getting you mad. Yeah, you were mad, no. And then level three is to take 20 minutes when you're trying to blow dry your hair because that's what it was. I was reading my book. I couldn't read my book, by the way. You want to talk about sacrifices. With you guys having your discussion, <laughs> I could not read my book. So sorry. Take 20 minutes to 
really help. And that's what's great about siblings is they're learning this. And this is what's hard about only only children. Right. Well, but not impossible because only children can do that with neighborhood friends. Only children can do it with cousins. It's just they don't get the practice. As you know, in a typical situation, mm-hmm. our daughters are practicing with each other every, every day. single day. Well, and I want to pull back on that a little because a lot of my best friends are only children. Sure. And we have this conversation a lot because some of what you're saying is true. They don't get the, the over that practice where you're sharing a bedroom with yeah. someone, but they do have experience experiences that are different that can help them as well. Like they have more experiences with adults that, you know, young kids don't have. They yeah. know how their maturity. Pluses and minuses. Exactly. Or, you know, or things on both sides yeah. and, and just different ways of being brought up. So one's not good or bad. Right. Um, but to your point, when you do have a sibling, you do get a lot of practice. Right. And I wanted to finish the other story about the sure. peppermint patty because I didn't get to say that, you know, I said you're holding power and she kind of laughed. See, this is the thing too. She knows I'm not mad at her. Yeah. She There's no like animosity, like mom sucks. Yeah. She'll laugh and be like, yeah, I'm holding power, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm just saying, because I hold power too. Well, and that's, and it's the playfulness that you exhibit. And that is the difference. It's the energy that you display. I don't really, yeah. When you're communicating these things to our children. And if you can go into it with a sense of curiosity or, or, or upbeatness instead of getting mad and, you know, curling your eyebrows and just making them feel bad with a look. That's what you're good at is not doing that. And they know that I hold power sometimes because I they can feel it. Mm-hmm. Because as adults, we hold power all the time. Yeah. You know, can I go do this? No, not today. Yeah. Why not? I just don't want you to. I just want you to be home. Because I said because so. Because I said so. And so they've had those experiences with me where I've been able to laugh at myself, maybe not in the moment, but later and say, I don't even know why I said that. Like yeah. I just wasn't in the mood to yeah. drive or whatever. Yeah. Um, so... I can say holding power and my daughter's not looking at me going, you think you're so perfect. I see right through you. She doesn't have to see through me because I'm already seeing it myself. Do you admit to them when you're holding sure. power? I, I don't always say I'm holding power over you. What I say is, you know, they'll say, why couldn't I go last night to whatever? I'm like, because I was tired and I didn't want to drive. Yeah. Like, it's not because I have some like deep ho- house rule yeah. where you can't. It's because I, it was nine and I didn't want to take you there. Right. Like, I'm I'm human. I don't want to go out. Like, this is my new thing with these older girls that I have is they'll like sometimes be at a friend's house till 11. And if Todd is not home, if you are traveling, (laughs) that sucks for me. Because I'm sure a lot of parents right now are nodding, like it sucks to be the pickup mom. Mm -hmm. And some people stay up later. I'm just a like a go to bed, kind of like put on my pajamas at eight o'clock kind of gal. And so I own that, you know what I mean? And sometimes I do have to stay up. If there's a dance or something, I'm not gonna like be that selfish. But there are times when I'm not being selfish, I'm just taking care of myself. So- Peppermint Patty story. Let me finish. Okay. I said to her, you're holding power. We laughed about it. The next morning, I saw our daughter putting the peppermint patty in her lunch, which means her sister gave it to her. I didn't see her give it to her. My older daughter did not say, see, I'm giving it to her. They did it on their own. Well, and I have a hard time uh, not saying this without sounding um, grandiose, but the work that we've been talking about the last 20 minutes pays dividends. Right. And that is a dividend. Right. She did it on her own without being shamed or or instilling fear into her. Right. They'll, they'll make the right choices. And she didn't even do it for us because she didn't show me that she did it. Right. I happened to witness it kind of from afar. Oh, she got the peppermint patty. And and I did say to my younger daughter, though, who got the peppermint patty, I said, that was nice of your sister mm-hmm. to do that. She goes, I know. Mm-hmm. So 
I I did acknowledge it, but not to the one who did it That's, because she chose to do it out of the goodness the of her heart. It's the definition of intrinsic motivation, Correct. which is all we're trying to talk about right. on this podcast. And there may be a day when she doesn't give up the peppermint patty. That's just the metaphor. There, You have to have both experiences. Here's the thing about life. You don't know how it feels to hurt someone until you hurt them. That does not mean that I suggest everyone go out and hurt someone today. What I'm saying is that's what children are experiencing. Adults, we know what it's like. Yeah. So when we have hurt someone, and we have felt what it feels like to be hurt and we've experienced hurting someone and it sucks and then we continue to do it. That's where we are not using our wise selves. We are using our ego selves. We are wanting to win. We are wanting to cut to the chase. We are willing to hurt somebody to have our needs met. And children are still figuring that out. The children, teens, preteens, they got to do it to know what they want to do. Developing their prefrontal cortex. Thank you. Because then we can get it out of the what's right and wrong, and we can recognize it through the lens of brain development. And we got to give them space to make the crappy choice. That's right. And when they make the crappy choice, we got to be there to support them through the crappy choice. We don't say, oh, it's okay. We say, yes, crappy choice. Well, and that's why you get to learn, you know, and you have, and you, there, there needs to be an element of wisdom or intuition. Wisdom, yes. And what I mean by that is there are certain irrever- relatively irreversible irreversible decisions. A three-year-old running into the street if a car might come or getting a tattoo or like that's when you might be a little bit more overprotective. But when it comes to the person, the peppermint patties, let them have their experience Mm -hmm. because when it gets more serious, that's when you might have to, I mean, it would be great to say, well, this is the way I do it every single time. It doesn't work like that. So you might have an element with more seriousness. um, Well, we used to call those on our earlier show safety rules. When our kids were little, we had things we called safety rules where if they got in the car and said, you know what, I'm just not feeling the seatbelt today. Sorry, it's a safety rule. I'm not going to rationalize with you and tell you, you know, ask you to jump in my shoes. I'm going to say, this is a law of the country. You put on a safety belt. So there are things that are just non-negotiable, you know, but then there are things that have to do with their inner selves and about how they see see the world world and themselves and what they're going to give and who they're going to be and how are you going to show up? And can you feel the repercussions of a poor choice? And then do you feel what it feels like to make a good choice? Because if you feel those things, then you can actually make a choice. You have a baseline to start from. Exactly. So that is worth your time when you can do that with your kids. And if you can the, the, the hardest work, as Todd said, is to keep your emotional sense out of it and to not – because, again, as, as you know, Buddhism teaches non-attachment. And non-attachment just means being there for the present moment and not being so focused on what the outcome will be. Right. And non-attachment for many people um, is very difficult. Not many people, everybody, because we're always searching for a certain outcome. But the truth is we can't control that. What we can control is this moment. And I heard a quote today in yoga that I thought was just so so simple but so profound. Um, the only way to experience the future is to do right now. So you can't like do something for the future. You can only do right now. So you can't make an outcome be. You can only make the best choice in this moment. Right. You know, just do right. You know, make the next best choice. That's what we can do. We can't create something for tomorrow. We can only do now in the hopes that it'll lead to a better tomorrow. Hallelujah. Okay. 
Um, so, uh, three promotional things. One is, uh, Dr. Kelly from the tree of life chiropractic care. She's our partner. She adjusts us twice a month. And if you live in the Chicagoland area, we encourage you to check out Dr. Kelly and her website is chirotree.com. The other is Jeremy Kraft, that bald headed beauty. He's a painting, uh, remodeling expert in the Western suburbs of Chicago. So if you're interested in, uh, Jeremy, it's avidco.net. And finally, you and I are a participant of something called talk to kids about sex series.com. Mm-hmm. So that happens on March 1st. So we'll probably talk a little bit more about it, but um, it's a 30 day series on uh, where this woman named Anya Manis, I think that's the way you pronounce her uh, name. Uh, she interviews 30 different people 30 days in a row, and she's going to interview us about mm-hmm. what we think is important about talking to your kids about sex. So if you're interested in that, go to talk to kids about sex series.com. And it's really interesting timing because I consider the spring the talking to kids about sex time for me, not just for my own children, but this is when I go out to the schools in Chicago and um, teach sex ed, um, mostly to parochial schools in the city or in the surrounding suburbs. But um, it's one of, I think, the most important things that I do. Like it is... um, it's a lot of like work getting ready and I, I have to talk to the parents first and then you have to talk to the kids, fifth graders, eighth graders. I actually had a girl last year who actually fainted in class. Crazy. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's intense work, but I can't think of anything more powerful than teaching kids to understand themselves in their own bodies yeah. and teaching them to not be ashamed and teaching them to respect who they are and respect other people, uh, for men to respect women and men, for women to respect men and women. You know, this is this is our opportunity. Yeah. And sexuality is a real part of who every human being is. So to jump over sexuality in the hopes that that's somehow going to keep our kids more innocent is not helpful. No. Because innocence and sexuality, sexuality is a part of who we are when we're a baby and yeah. we're innocent. Yeah. It's not, it's just part of humanity. Yeah. If you kind of bury your head in the sand or whatever, it's um, it's like you're walking east looking for a sunset. It's not going to happen. You need to address it. You need to empower yourselves. And by the way, this 30-day summit, she's calling it a 30-day summit. It's free. So it doesn't cost anything. So how do people get it? Like what do they do? Just go to talk to kids about sex series.com and you sign up. Once you sign up, then you'll get uh, delivery to your inbox starting on March 1st okay. with 30 we'll, different interviews. We'll post it on our Facebook page too, just so you guys know. Yeah. So um, anyways, that's kind of the deal. So other quick things is you can subscribe to our podcast, which means which means that every time we get a new podcast, it will be delivered to your inbox. So go to our homepage on the right-hand side. It says, you know, subscribe to our podcast. And then I also do coaching. So if you're, I coach guys. So if you're interested, guys, and you want to um, get to meet your goals quicker, whether it be relationship or work or parenting or whatever, uh, look me up at toddadamscoaching.com. Are we finishing up? Yeah, we're 42 minutes in. So can I say one more thing as we're like winding down? Sure. Because again, you know, Valentine's Day, happy, happy to everybody. And one of the most loving things that I think we can do for ourselves is recognize whether or not we feel like ourselves as we're walking through the world. And I know that sounds like, well, I don't know, but you do know because when you feel like yourself walking through the world, um, that you you feel connected, lighter, lighter. you feel lighter, you feel like you're showing up just as yourself and there's nothing else you need to be. And things come easier to you. 
and not because some mystical thing happens. It's because of your perception. When you are walking through the world as somebody as thinking that you need to be perfect or be different or be cool or be cynical or do all of those defense mechanisms, everything is hard because you're trying to elicit certain outcomes. You're trying to make people think things. You're trying to demonstrate how great you are. You're trying to show up as this perfect person. So everything is hard. When you walk through the world as yourself, when you are willing to be yourself, dark light, all those things that you are, First of all, people are more comfortable with you. Second of all, things are just simpler because your expectation is only that you be yourself. Mm. And that expectation you can meet. You can you can do that. Yeah. And if you fall or something happens or you lose something or something doesn't work out or you disappoint somebody, you can still get up and keep going because you were just being yourself. And now that doesn't mean you have the right to be mean to people and say, I'm being myself. I don't believe- Well, when you're mean, you're not being yourself. Thank you. We come from a place of wholeness and love. So when you're being mean to somebody, that's not you, that's your ego. You've got a mask on. There's something going on there. And that's, thank you, Todd, because that's the thing is we- the voice, the kind voice in your head, everybody. That's you. That's you. The one that thinks that says that you suck, and so does everybody else. That's, that's not, not you. That's not you. That's the voice. That's the repetitious, uh, you know, recording of beliefs that have been given to you over time, or that you know through your trauma, your pain body, as Eckhart calls it. You are the one who sees things through that lens of, I mean, rose-colored glasses get a bad rap Mm -hmm. because I really think rose-colored glasses are who you are. Mm -hmm. And you see things for the beauty that it is. My uh, friend uh, Jessica left for Antarctica today. Um, Those of you coming to the conference will meet her. She travels all over the world. And she uh, just sent me a picture of where she's in Argentina right now because that's her stop before she takes a boat. And she said, I woke up this morning. I could cry saying this. And she said, and I looked outside and it was so beautiful. It made me cry. Mm. And she sent me a picture and it's so beautiful, Mm. you know, and we don't see that. Yeah. (laughs) We don't recognize what's already so beautiful in front of us. So do more of that today. Are you crying? (laughs) There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. Good thing for us, we're not playing baseball right now, <laughs> sweetie. We're doing a podcast, so you can cry. Thank you. I'm, I will no matter what. I know. Even you will. without the permission. I know you will. <laughs> but it's 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 love. It's a love cry. It's like things are so beautiful, and we the I know things are difficult, and there's a political upheaval, and we're we're all doing our part to step up and speak out. But we can do that and still notice what's beautiful. You can you can do them simultaneously. I am working harder emotionally than I ever have as far as stepping up, speaking out, making sure that I stand up for what I believe in. But I'm at the same time doing my best to see that spider in my shower. He's really lovely. He's got things yeah, to do. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I'm done. Um, where's my music? I had to go to a different screen. (laughs) All right, everybody. Uh, Bless you. Love you. Keep trucking. Keep listening. Go to the conference. Be a Zen friend. Share the love. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. And just be cool, man. Yes. Goodness sakes. Adios. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it, and we hope you'll join us next time. 
If you're a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This helps people find us. You can also just tell a friend about our show. That's our favorite kind of marketing. Todd and I do speaking engagements about Zen parenting and self-awareness, so if you have an interested group or organization, contact us at comments at zenparentingradio.com. And get your early bird tickets for our big Let's Get Real Zen Parenting Conference February 24th and 25th at the Westin in Lombard. Todd and I will be speaking Friday night, and we have Rob Bell, Rosalind Wiseman, and Ali Smith as our keynotes on Saturday. If you want to know more about self-awareness or conscious parenting, pick up one of Kathy's award-winning books at zenparentingradio.com or Amazon. If you're a guy, I have two resources for you. I coach guys. It's called Coaching for Guys. <laughs> On the phone, Skype, or in person, we set goals together and come up with a plan to meet those goals. The website is toddadamscoaching.com. And we also have a monthly men's group. So if you're looking for a group of men to have authentic conversations with, check out the tribemensgroup.com. If you ever shop on Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And finally, I want to thank our two amazing partners, Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care and Jeremy Kraft, that bald-headed beauty from Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks, and keep on trucking.